well, I'm going to go ahead and get started, and I'm just going to pray for us really quickly before we jump right into it. So I say, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have given me breath in my lungs today. I don't take a moment on this earth for granted. I don't take a heartbeat or a breath that you have given me for granted. Lord, I ask that your presence would just rest on us. Lord, that your presence would rest on me over each and every lady that listens, whether it be through live stream, whether it be through um, podcast, whether it be through YouTube, whatever avenue that they're listening today. Lord, I ask that your your presence would come through my words and that they would feel the touch, the heavenly touch of their father, that they would feel the nearness of their father. Lord, we thank you for the communion that we get to have with you. And we thank you for this amazing, amazing group of fight time women. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. So, um, I don't know if y'all can see my title or not. I can't see it on here. So, um, my title today is called A Call to Active Duty. Okay. I was... I don't know if anybody, like if God speaks to you more at certain times, I mean, I know he can talk to us all the time, but I feel like he talks to me a lot when I'm driving. And I don't know if that's just because it's more of a like serene place for me, or that's the time maybe when I'm uh, not as just focused on other things and just busy, but I just feel like God talks to me whenever I'm driving. (laughs) So um, I was coming home from work on Monday and I knew that um, I knew that my day was coming up for fight time because we we sign up um, in advance and for certain days that were available. <laughs> and um, I was kind of like, okay, God, like Thursday's coming up. I need something. I'm ready when you're ready. I'm ready to go when you're ready. So um, as I was driving home on Monday, um, I'm pulling into my driveway. And I feel like God gives me this phrase. And the phrase that he gives me is a call to active duty. And of course, my first thought is, what in the world does that mean? God, you got to give me something else or you need to explain what in the world that that means. So as I kind of just continued to pray and just continued to talk to God, um, I uh, felt like the only thing that I could think about when I thought of active duty was military. And so I began to look up the difference between uh, the reserves branch of the military versus um, an act or act being at, on active duty in the military. I don't know a lot about military, so y'all give me some grace. I really did try to study this and get this right, but I may not be perfect. So if I say something wrong, give me a little bit of grace. But I promise what I am saying or what I'm trying to say, it, there's a point to it. Okay, so as I begin to look up the difference between reserve versus active, I'm going to give you what um, what the internet gave me. Okay, because we all love Google. Google's great. Okay, so it says reservists are stationed near their home and are only deployed to international stations if they are called up for active duty. Okay. This was the first thing that I looked up. I did not look up anything to be associated with my phrase. I just looked up 
active duty versus reserves. I didn't really know where the Lord was going to take me. And as I'm literally reading this definition, I didn't find this to match this topic. But it says reservists are stationed near their home and only deployed to international stations if they are called up to active duty. And the phrase that the Lord gave me was a call to active duty. Okay. So it says this allows them to continue their career or education while training close to home. And it says leave and liberty are vacation time for active duty soldiers so as i begin to study this um basically what it's saying is i actually have somebody who um i work with and they are in the reserves and so basically what what this allows them to do is they are considered part-time in the military so somebody who is full-time is someone who is on active duty they live at the military base, they train at the military base, they can be deployed at any time. Somebody who's in the reserves actually can be at home. Um, the guy that I work with, he gets to be at home with his family every night. And there is certain, I think, requirements and certain things or certain times where he has to go train. Um, but he also can be called up to active duty at any time. But he gets to stay at home and then he gets to wait for the call, okay? So here's the point that I want to make, and here's what I want you to understand, really. So reserves, when I say reserves, this is what I want you to think of. Reserves means to, to wait to be called, to wait for the call, okay? Active duty means I'm ready right now. I'm not part-time. I am full-time. I'm ready right now. Pick me. I'm willing to go. When you say go, I'm ready to go. I'm here to be used. That is what active duty means. Okay. So, um, when I, as I was studying this, the direction that I feel like the Lord gave me, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you mean when you say a call to active duty? What, what are you meaning by that? And this is what he gave me. He says to actively, a call to active duty means a call to actively participate in your faith. Okay, we all know that it's one thing to say, I believe that that's going to happen or I believe in God or I trust in God or I trust that that God is going to um, bring your prodigal son home or I trust that God is going to restore your marriage or I trust that I, I know you're trying to make ends meet right now and you know, the money is tight and you're kind of just having odd and end jobs right now. But I believe that God is going to open up an opportunity for you financially or give you a better job with more money. And it's easy for us to say that to other people because whether we believe it or not, we can say that we believe it. But it doesn't we don't actually have to do anything right? It's easy for us to believe for other people because it doesn't require us to be active in our faith. Right? So we're not actually having to actively participate in our faith to believe something for somebody else. Okay? So the reason it's hard for us, um, the reason it's hard for us, oh, hold on a second. I get text messages or sometimes calls, and I don't know if it pauses the video. So if y'all can hear me, can somebody just give me a thumbs up or let me know that you can hear me? Um, Okay, so the reason that it's hard for us to be able to believe stuff for ourselves and um, trust in that God's going to take care of a situation for us is because it requires us to actively participate in our faith. It means you got to practice what you are preaching, girlfriend. It means now I'm actually having to walk out what I've been saying this whole time that I believe in. 
It's one thing to say, Lord, I believe that you're going to do that for somebody else. But now I'm the one that's struggling financially. Now I'm the one with the marriage that's crumbling. Now I'm the one who's praying for somebody that I love to, to come back to the Lord. And now I'm in this situation and God, oh my God, where are you? Now I have to walk this out. It was so easy for me. It was so easy for me to believe it for them. But now I actually have to walk it out. It's easy to believe that God can do something for somebody else. But it's so hard to believe that God can do something for you. Okay. So Casey talked about a little bit of a little while ago. She talked about long faith. Okay. And I'm just going to kind of summarize what she talked about. Um. Knowing that long faith is knowing that the God of yesterday, the God that delivered you from your trials yesterday, the God that was with you in your past is the same God that knows your thoughts today, that's with you in your trials today, and is the same God that's going to be with you in your future and ordering your steps. It's knowing that even when the circumstances change, his plans for you don't change. That is what long faith is, okay? But what the part that I want to talk about today is being active. Being an active participant in your faith. Knowing that there is another requirement for you than just saying, I believe that. Or I trust in that. Knowing that there is a part that you actually have to play. I know that we all know the verse, um... James 2 and 17, where it talks about faith without works is dead. And I want to read you another version. It says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself is not enough. If it's not accompanied by action, if you can't walk it out, then it doesn't mean anything. And then I have 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. And this is um, in the New Living Translation. So we, y'all probably know it in a different translation, but I do feel like this explains it really well. So it says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though, uh, though your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So it's saying these trials determine how genuine your faith is. How do you even really know that you have faith unless it's tested? Unless you do actually have to do something. Unless you actually have to move or you actually have to act and be active in your faith. How do you even know if you even have faith? And I wanted to touch on this because I feel like this was... It convicted me a little bit. Um, every uh, If you go to Covenant Church, you I know everybody that listens doesn't. So I'm just going to briefly summarize it. Um, there is, I know Brienne did a, um, a series called Miracle Signs and Wonders. And then we also have a song, and I believe that that's the title as well, Miracle Signs and Wonders. And um, we had a man not too long ago that had a heart attack. And um, they told his wife, he was very young, they told his wife that he was not going to live. And she needed to start realizing that in her mind that he was not going to make it. And she refused 
to believe that. She knew the God that she had, and so she prayed, and we as a church body gathered together, and we prayed for him. And I can't remember, I feel like it was three days later, but I don't remember to be exact, but I know the next week he was out of ICU. As a nurse, I can tell you, he was in such bad condition, and he coded twice. You don't just walk out of ICU the next week. That that just doesn't happen. It was a situation where we knew that it was absolutely a miracle. And so we ask God, God, I want to see miracles. God, I want to see signs. Lord, I want to see wonders. But miracles, signs, and wonders, more oftentimes than not, are born in situations that require you to have active faith. (laughs) They're born in situations that say there is absolutely no hope. They're born in situations that say, that you that should cause you to doubt that should cause you to reject god that should cause you to reject your faith miracle signs and wonders are caught are born in situations where you absolutely have to have active faith and god's going to give you you need to be on the lookout because god's going to give you opportunities to actually be an active participant in your faith And it's going to require you to get a little bit uncomfortable. And it's going to require you to be put in situations that, you know what, maybe you just don't want to be in. And it's going to require you to be stretched. And it's going to require you to have an opportunity to doubt. But to be active, the word act is literally in the word active. So the word act means you have to move. Be active in your faith. Be active in your fights. Be active in your pursuit of God. Be active in dealing with your hurts and your habits and your hangups and your unforgiveness. The opposite of active is passive, and that means to be stagnant, to be immovable. To be active says that, you know what? I'm not just going to wait on God to move. I'm not just going to sit here and just wait for him to do something. I'm going to get my tail up and I'm going to make a move towards God. I'm going to go out here and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, pick me. Lord, use me. I'm here. I'm not here for you part time. I'm not here just waiting for a call for you to tell me, okay, I'm ready for you now. I'm right here. Use me. (laughs) And in the Bible, I think of, Um, There's so many people that have active faith in the Bible, and I couldn't possibly name them all. And I know Casey touched um, on uh, Peter walking on water, and that's a story that we all know very well. Um, But we were just recently um, on a cruise this last week with our family, and um, we went through, uh, if I'm saying this right, um, a tropical depression. And the first day we left... And I remember I had gotten, I was, I was getting seasick and I had never gotten seasick before. Um, I had only ever been on one other cruise and that didn't happen on the next cruise. And, um, I I took some medicine to, to help me with the sickness and it made me really sleepy. So that was probably around three or four o'clock and I went to take a nap. Um, and then I woke up from the nap. We had dinner every night in the main dining room and that was at eight o'clock. And so I remember sitting there and I don't remember a lot I think just because I was so tired but I remember just kind of nodding off and Pastor Jeremy just like tapping me and asking me if I was okay and I and I kept thinking you know I didn't feel very good I was really tired I knew that 
as soon as that dinner ended, I was going straight to bed. I don't remember what time we actually got in the room, but I feel like it had to have been at least between 10 and 11. And we were going through a really rough storm. And it was very scary. I did not go to sleep until about 2 o'clock that night. And I just kept, all of a sudden, you would just hear this boom. And then the ship, I remember like where our floor was, it would just kind of like rattle a little bit. And you would hear the waves like crashing against the boat and the boats rocking like this. And um, I just kept thinking, I'm absolutely vulnerable right now. Like if, if something happens, like there's nothing I could do. The only thing I could think to do while I was laying in my bed was I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to pray. And so I just prayed off and on um, that night. And as I was praying, I remember thinking about Peter. And I remember thinking, this gives me a whole different perspective on Peter walking on the water. Because a lot of times we hear a story in the Bible and that's how we think of it in our minds is as a story. And I kept thinking, because you've not actually walked through it. And I kept thinking, oh my goodness, Peter actually got out. The waves were crashing around him and Peter got out and he, he walked towards the Lord. He made a move towards God. He was active in his faith. Because I'm going to tell you what, if it was me in that boat, I would have been like, Lord, just, just calm. Just calm this. I, I, don't, I don't really want to walk to you. But that's what active faith is. It's moving even when you don't want to move. I think of um, Moses when the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. And he tells him, he tells Moses that he's going to use him to deliver the Israelites from um, slavery. And Moses is like... He's given all these excuses like, Lord, this is why I can't do it. I'm slow of speech. Um, I'm just not the right guy for the job. And he literally says in um, Exodus chapter 4, verses 13, he says, says, but Moses said, pardon your servant, but Lord, send somebody else. I can't do this. But he did. He trusted in the Lord and he was active in his faith. Esther, she presented herself before the king in a time where even though she was the queen, you didn't just go and you just didn't just present yourself before the king. She was trying to save her people. And the, if you presented yourself before the king at that time, you would be killed. Unless he, it says in the Bible that unless he extended this golden scepter to pardon you. She was active in her faith. And it ties so well into what Brienne talked about um, on Monday night, I believe. She talked about how we've got to get out of the way and we've got to empty ourselves and we have to allow God to be able to use us because we're insufficient and God is all sufficient. But God uses insufficient people for his all sufficient power and his all sufficient glory to be revealed. But then there's a second part to that. Once you get yourself out of the way and you allow God to come in, then he's going to send you out. And it's not going to be in a time where you have the most knowledge. And it's not going to be when maybe you're going to know exactly what to do. But he's sending you out knowing that you have to completely depend upon him. So right now, God is calling you out of the reserves. 
He is calling you off of the sideline and into a place where you can play. You can be in the game. You can be active in your faith. And at a time, we were okay with being on the sidelines. And at a time, we were okay with with sitting and waiting for God to just call us. God, you know, whenever you call me, I'm going to be ready. But until then, I'm going to live my life. And we were okay with that for a time. But guess what? Now the call's here. And what I want to encourage you to do is... I don't want to just encourage you to be women who respond to the call of God, but I want to encourage you to be women who respond despite the call of God. So what I mean by that is saying, instead of just saying, okay, God's calling me, now I'm going to respond. God, here I am. God, here I am. Whether you like it or not, here I am. Use me. I'm ready to be put, I'm ready to be put in. I will, I will, whatever instruction you give me, I will do. I'm here for you full time. And it's going to be scary and it's going to be uncomfortable. And I will tell you one of the most uncomfortable things for me um, and the hardest things for me to do is to pray out loud, like in front of people. Um, it's easier for me to put together a lesson than it is for me to pray with somebody because praying with somebody you, that is total reliance, total dependence on God, because you never know what somebody's walking through. And I find myself, you know, asking the Lord, like, Lord, what if I say the wrong things or being like Moses and just saying, Lord, I, I can't speak well, or I don't, I don't, what if I trip over my words or, or what if they get offended? What if I say the wrong thing? And God has put me in situations where, um, at my job, at my job, I'm in a place when I work in surge, I work in a surgery department and one of the areas that I work in is called pre-procedure or pre-op and, and you get the patients ready for surgery and it's not a slow pace. It's very quickly paced. You're don't, you don't have a lot of time for small talk. It's like, I got to get this patient ready. And then I, I'm literally on to the next one because we're trying to keep all the surgeries on time. And I've been put in situations where I'm just literally going through the routine questions that I ask everybody that comes in. And all of a sudden, somebody will just open up. And it's not anything I said, because again, I'm just asking them about their medications or I'm asking them when the last time they got a flu shot was. And they're telling me about the things that they're facing or the things that their family is facing or the diagnosis that they just got or the hopelessness that they feel. And I'll feel the prompting of the Lord and just say, before you leave that room, I want you to pray for that person. And there have been times out of fear, fear of not knowing what to say or just fear of them looking at me differently or just fear of anything. I've not responded, but I will tell you every time that I have listened to that prompting, I have had people, every single person, thank me. And it's not because of anything that I did, but every time I didn't respond, somebody didn't feel the touch of God because to some people, you are the only way that they're going to see God and the only way that they're going to feel God. And so by praying for that person, by being active in my faith, that person got to feel, didn't have anything to do with my words, got to feel the touch 
of their heavenly father through an empty vessel, through a willing empty vessel who is okay with being active in their faith. And that's what I want to encourage y'all to do, to be active, not to be not to just be satisfied any longer with being stagnant. And I pray that this week that the Lord would empower you, each and every single one of you, to have the boldness and to have the courage over every single lady. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus, that God would give you a boldness, that he would give you the courage to walk out your faith, even when it's scary even when it's really uncomfortable, so that the people around you can experience and feel the love of their Heavenly Father. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have the touch of my Heavenly Father. And I'm thankful, especially for those of you that do outreach, I'm thankful that you go into places that nobody else would go and you touch the lives of other people and that you are active and you can do that from anywhere. You can do that from your job. You can do that in your home. You can do that when you're at the grocery store, but be active, touch somebody else's life, allow them to feel the touch of God through you. I love you ladies. And I hope, I hope and pray that this, this word encourages you this week. Y'all are so awesome. And I will see y'all next time. Bye-bye.